I'm gonna grab the other channels. There it is. Channel the extra channel one. Uh, there it is. <laughs> All right, and there's our tin can. So we've got all the channels going. You're here. Let's go live. Uh, let's see if we can do this without having too many technical problems. And there it is. There's that. <laughs> Oh, mercy, friends. It's been one of them nights already. We didn't even get started here, and it's already been uh, one of them nights. So, anyway, uh, friends, good to see you guys uh, on this cold. It's still cold. We're, we're getting, like, below, like, single digits still uh, here, friends. And, well, it doesn't seem to change. It looks like it's going to be that way for at least through the rest of the week. So, uh Boy, oh boy, stay warm. Get some blankets and your fresh cup of coffee, uh, brothers and sisters, because uh, it's pretty chilly. So <laughs> anyway, well, we're going to get into our podcast here, friends, uh, for this Tuesday night. Uh, reset the angle of the uh, camera here. So hopefully it'll be okay. And, uh, you know, it'll be all right for you. So I'm just... Still kind of uh, working on some, you know, different things here uh, for the camera angle, for the volume and all that. So hopefully it'll all work out and we'll be okay, right? All right, church. Good to see you. Good to be back again. Trying to, like I said, trying to really, really step up uh, in the, uh, you know, in the podcast here. Make sure I, I get on consistently as possible. Uh, amen. All right, going to channel three for our uh, for our uh, monitor here. We want to see if it's uh, working okay. And I hope so. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, I'm just uh, doing a quick uh, volume level check here. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, I've got uh, something coming through. But it's funny, when I hit the button on this, on the uh, extra one over here, uh, real quick here, just give you a little update here, information. Uh, when I hit the button on channel three uh, to go to the monitor, nothing comes through. I don't know what it is. It just, like, there's a delayed reaction. So you guys ought to listen on Spreaker. Uh, bear with me on that uh, channel. We're live right there. And uh, I, I don't <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, let's, <laughs> let's see if we can't get to that. Uh, anyway, so give me a minute. There it is. Okay. Now, try to get all the distortion out of it. Hopefully, right? Hang on here. All right. Well, there it is. All right. I think we are finally dialed in here on this awesome cold Tuesday night. But, hey, it's here. So, we're here. Amen. All right. So, let <laughs> me get this up here. Uh, friends, good to see you guys again. Let's just go ahead and pray it in. Lots to cover. Uh, grab your Bibles, pens, papers, notebook, tablets, highlighters for your highlighters. Uh, amen, friends, church, we are here. Good to see you on the Restream TV Ministry Podcast Network. 
and you know where else we're at so uh, amen now let's get that back up pulled up on the twitch channel here in a minute and uh let's see if i can <laughs> pull some kind of monitor up anyway uh, let's see what we got going on here okay <laughs> let's see if i can figure all this out here just a little after nine o'clock here so let's uh let's see if we can't get uh, something rolling here So you guys on the channels, hold them thoughts. Uh, let's get through the Bible study and get into some scripture here, friends. So, amen. Good to see you. Our first scripture we're going to dig into uh, tonight, my friends. That's why I wanted to go on just a little earlier than 11. Uh, we're going to dig into First Thessalonians. We're going to take a look at the recap series uh, here, friends. What is the worst punishment of hell? We're going to look at uh, 2 Corinthians. Uh, actually, that was 2 Corinthians and not 1 Corinthians, so I don't know why I wrote that down. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> there you go. Always, uh, always on my toes here. And so, let me fix that. <laughs> I knew, you know... Friends, so yeah, anyway, we're gonna, you know, like I said, I knew this was gonna, something was gonna happen here, but Second uh, Thessalonians chapter one, not First uh, Thessalonians. So let me correct that and uh, make sure I get that right. But I'll work on the notes later. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking it said first, uh, but it didn't. Second, and it's gonna be. Uh, there it is. All right. So there it is. Uh, let me fix this here real quick. And of course, like none of the notes are done because I ended up writing the wrong one, but that's okay. We will work around it until I get a chance to uh, work on that. So get a couple of notes here. And uh, so it's going to be 7 through 10, 2 Thessalonians chapter 7, uh, what is it? Uh, chapter 1, 7 through 10. Uh, so we're going to take a look, maybe a little bit. We'll probably read all of it, uh, 1 through uh, that. And uh, what is it? Uh, 1 through 10. So uh, maybe all of it. So, so give me a minute and let me get caught up. Then we're going to go ahead and pray it in. Um, Amen. All right, good enough for now. I they do a quick changeover on the on the uh, uh, what is it on the oh on the page here. You know that happens, friends. Let's go ahead and just pray it in, you guys. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, thanks for joining me live here, Pastor Rick, Worldwide Live Ministry Podcast Network. Tuesday, back again. Uh, the 28th, so let's go ahead, let's get started, good to see you guys, uh, amen, oh, Heavenly Father, I come before you once again, so humble, and appreciate the opportunity I get to spend in the Word, and share the message, to pray uh, for everybody watching, hearing, listening, everybody connected, going through their situations and their uh, issues, and, and there's things going on in life, Father God. I pray for them, each and every one of them, 
I want to lift them up and encourage them, give them that strength and hope as, you know, as, as we lean on you, we trust in you, uh, Father God, with the uh, faith of a grain of a mustard seed. And hold on and keep digging in and and just, uh, you know, just trust in you and, you know, that knowing that and having that peace in our hearts, Father God, knowing that you have this, you got our backs and, uh, you know, you're watching out for us. So thank you for that in advance. Thank you for uh, always watching over the studio, the Wi-Fi, the ministry that you have called me to, the mission that you have set me on, uh, Father God. Your spirit is uh, welcome here. Your presence is welcome here in your church as uh, I do another broadcast, another podcast message. Uh, Father God, I just, uh, I'm so humbled and just appreciate the opportunity you'll get, like I said. Uh, thank you for the advance, uh, you know, the advancement, the, um, the blessings. Uh, Father God, it's just awesome. So thank you so much again. Uh, as you uh, just give me peace and hope and strength. And thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's get to it before my doors blow open again. I don't know what it is. It, you know, I think it's just because people are leaning on it. And uh, it doesn't want to shut all the way. So, uh, you know, it's just the, the, the uh, weather, I guess. It's, you know, kind of kind of moving around a little bit, shifting a little bit. Uh, so, um, hopefully, <laughs> you know, I didn't get a chance to uh, really close it all the way solid. So, we'll see how it does tonight. So, hey, man. So, if you see hear any noises, friends, don't worry. It's just that door uh, blowing open. And uh, hopefully, we'll get through the podcast. It's been about an hour, hour or so here with you. Uh, friends, not the usual two hours. I'm trying to cut back a little bit, but not too much, uh, friends. So uh, bear with me again. We're going to go into our first opening scripture, uh, for, uh, Second Thessalonians, not First Thessalonians, uh, chapter one, seven through ten. We're going to look at what is the worst punishment in hell. Now, hope you take some notes. And, uh, yeah, it's um, caught my attention as I was going over study notes. Uh, this really just something, uh, friends, movement in the Holy Spirit for sure. So uh, bear with me. Let's go to it. Uh, grab your Bibles again. And uh, make sure you got that fresh cup of coffee uh, keeping you warm here, friends. So let's read it. And uh, in the recap series uh, that we, we've been looking at. And then, of course, then we're going to get into our other scriptures. So jam-packed podcast uh, tonight, friends. All right. So what is the worst punishment of hell in the Second Thessalonians 1, 7 through 10? And we'll go ahead and look at all of them. And it takes some notes, if you will, friends. Uh, like I said, when we get to it, it, it boy, this, this this is something here, uh, friends. Let's look at it. So, as it says, now, as this passage states, the real agony of those who go to hell is that they will be eternally separated from the Lord. Uh, to understand how then, um, let's see, understand how hmm, terrible, there it is. Uh, a punishment this is, examine 
as he says here, let's look at this. Um, punishment this is. Now examine the consequences of being separated from God's presence. Right? Number one, judgment. And uh, let me get some more notes together here for you. So the first one's looking at judgment here. Now, when Christ comes back, non-believers will face a judgment that believers will not. And at judgment, non-believers will have their deeds revealed before everyone and then will be sentenced to spend eternity in the lake of fire. And again, that's over in Revelation uh, chapter 20, 11, 15. All right, number two, everlasting destruction. Now in hell, non-believers will be doomed to exist in unending torment with the devil and his demons. The torment that they will endure is uh, described by Jesus as an unquenchable, eternal fire. That's over in Matthew 18, um, verse 8 and 24 as well. And then Matthew 25, 41. Now, non-believers will spend eternity in agony. Number three, regret. Jesus used many parables to describe the kingdom of heaven. Who would get into it? And who would not? Now, those who don't get into the kingdom of uh, kingdom are pictured in a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. In Matthew 13, 42 for that. Their response, weeping and gnashing of teeth, is one of regret when they realize that they will be missing out for eternity, or out on for eternity. And number four, hopelessness. Because, they, uh, because their punishment is everlasting, non-believers have no hope of their condition ever improving their existence. It is not only one of agony, but of despair. And those who know, uh, let's see, let's backtrack just a little bit. And those who know Christ have much to gain. And those who do not know Christ have everything to lose. Oh, boy, friends, I'm telling you, this, this just, it, it scared me a little bit. But I know, I know. Uh, the faith, our faith, right? All right, so let's go ahead and, and dig into the scripture. And like I said, it's Second Thessalonians, uh, friends. So let's read what that scripture has. And then again, you know, uh, take some notes here. All right, so Second Thessalonians. And uh, like I said, I didn't get a chance to uh, look at this really, uh, you know, I, I mean, I know the where it's at, but I didn't get a chance to uh, do any of the work on it because um, I looked the wrong one down. 
All right, let's continue. Second Thessalonians, friends. So we're going to go to one. We're going to go ahead and read that through. All right, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy under the church of Thessalonic, uh, the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so uh, encouragement, as it says here, again with the notes here, give me a minute. Uh, all right, so encouragement in persecution, right? Now, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other uh, aboundeth, so that we ourselves in gl uh, glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you or ye endure, right? All right, which is a manifest token of the righteous <laughs> judgment of God, and ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. All right. In verse 6, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. All right. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. And when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, uh, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. All right. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling, or this calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of his uh, of the faith with power. With uh, let's see, uh, verse twelve, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and ye in Him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I. Uh, Think about that, friends, and, uh, you know, go back over it, study it on your own time when you get a chance, when you get an opportunity, uh, friends, and uh, put that down in uh, your notes there. Now, let me go ahead and do a quick highlighter here, just so I remember where it's at, because we might recap that a few uh, more podcasts there. All right, that's in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 1. Opening scripture there. I don't know, just something just uh, kind of, wow, well, I mean, kind of just put everything in perspective, right? 
uh, where we need to be and what we need to be doing. Uh, Francis, drop our nets and follow follow across, right? Or pick up our cross and drop the nets, something like that. All right, there you go. So yeah, there is our first one, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter one. So put that in your notes. And again, what is the worst punishment in hell? All right, let's get through our uh, opening, a few other opening ones. Um, all right, so we're going to try something a little bit different here. We're going to go into the scripture first and then our podcast notes uh, just to kind of change things around just a little bit here. Not much, but just a little bit here, front. So uh, let's go to our second one, Second Chronicles, and uh, let me find the page here. Well, hope you guys are doing well on this Tuesday. Hope you guys had a great rest, uh, great Tuesday there. You know, I was praying for you. Uh, you know, and um, yeah, hope you guys are doing well. Okay, so Second Chronicles. Let me get this over here so I can see what I'm doing. Second uh, Chronicles, chapter eight, friends, if you will. All right. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard thy praying and have chosen this place to myself uh, for a, uh, what does it say here? Um, For a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will give or forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. There you go. Just a few opening scriptures here, friends. Like I said, just kind of changing things up a bit. Not much, but I, I did want to go into a few uh, scriptures there. And then we're going to go ahead and go over to the book of Job. Uh, if you will here, friends, again, Job chapter 42. And uh, there's our opening. All right, let's go ahead and go into it. Chapter uh, 42, right before the book of Psalms. Let's check it out. As it says, uh, friends, I'm, <laughs> boy, I'm having all kinds of technical problems as usual. All right, Job chapter 42, the last chapter in the book of Job. Uh, Job submits to God. Now, let's take a look at this, friends. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? And therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak, I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, uh, but now mine eye seeth 
thee. And wherefore I adore myself and repent in dust and ashes. And God blesses Job. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to uh, Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right. And my servant Job hath therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves uh, a burnt offering. Let's see. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly, in that you have not spoken to me the thing which is right, like my servant Job. So Eliphaz the Temanite and uh, Bildad or Bildad the Shuite and Zophar the Namathite went and did not according or did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And then came thee unto him, all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money, and every one a earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels, and a 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a 1,000 she-donkeys. He had also seven sons and three daughters, and he called the name of the first Jemima. And the name of the second, Keziah. And the name of the third, Karen Hakuch, I believe. Uh, you guys can look that up and check it out. So, Karen Hapuch. Uh, in, all, in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. And their father was given them the inheritance uh, among the brethren. After this, jo uh, lived Job a hundred and forty years and saw his sons and his sons' sons even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. There you go, the very end chapter in the book of Job, friends. But that was pretty, uh, you know, fitting, right, for the Bible study uh, podcast tonight so all right boy do i got oh, i got so much yeah, i'm excited here friends uh that's why i wanted to get back on track here uh and make sure you know that we continue in our series and our studies here uh friends so bear with me all right so 
We are going to go ahead and go into our podcast notes. You know, I always dig into that and share that with you guys. And uh, church, I always appreciate, uh, again, I appreciate you guys jumping online here with me just even for a little bit. Let's grab some of that fresh squeezed coffee hot off the griddle, my brothers and sisters, because you know me and my coffee. Amen? All right. Nothing like fresh cup of coffee, right? With some of that eggnog in it, right? Amen. So, yeah, we're going to jump into our apocryphal books. We're going to start the first one off here, uh, our continued series. And, of course, we're going to jump into uh, and continue our reading series of uh, the Maccabees. Lots of interesting stuff in that. And we're going to look at chapter 7 and 8. So it's going to be a pretty in-depth uh, Bible study, uh, friends, tonight. So let's go ahead and open up. I think we're going to go... Well, I know what we want to do. Let's change it up a little bit, friends. Uh, are you ready? <laughs> Amen. I know you are. I know you're ready for church tonight, friends. Uh, amen on this on this awesome Tuesday night. Uh, and again, I, I'm praying for you. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I really do. So let's dig in. Let's keep going. Got a lot more scriptures for you. Uh, amen, friends. Good to be here. Uh, a little after 940, Pastor Rick. Uh, again, we'll Wildlife Ministry Podcast uh, Network. So let's keep going. All right. Our Sinner's Prayer of Salvation. Go ahead and email me, World Wildlife Ministry Podcast uh, at yahoo.com. And, uh, well, let's dig into it. Uh, amen, friends. All right, dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. I want to turn away from my sinful life to the life you have planned for me. Please forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me of my past. Make me new. Now, I know your son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for me. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. Friends, right here on this spot, right where you're at. At this very moment, I accept, confess, and proclaim Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Deliver my heart from this day forward. Now, thank you, Jesus, for your grace that has saved me from my sins and has given me eternal life. Please send your Holy Spirit to guide me and to help me to do your will for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, church, we pray. Amen. All right, I love that. Amen, friends. All right, we're going to jump right on into the serenity prayer, of course. You know, I always like to throw some stuff out at you. Uh, so go ahead and pull that up and, uh, yeah, let's keep going. Now, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Of course, living one day at a time. Enjoying one moment at a time. And uh, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Uh, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. There you go. All right. I think it's uh, something on the headsets. I don't know why. It just seems to like get me right on the one side. I don't know what it is. So I'll work on it as usual. Friends. All right. Let's put that pin down so I don't drop it. Got a backup for a backup. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, like I said, I hope you guys are doing well. Praying for you. Uh, let's see. It looks like everything's okay. Uh, got all the backup going. The channels are rolling here. And uh, headset looks okay. Got a little bit of a glow from the lamp here. So I'm, I'm still kind of trying to arrange different lighting. Uh, just so it is not so bright. I've got the overheads on, so I'll, I'll keep working on that. Maybe get uh, some of them backlighting or something. Um, hey, man, friends, let's keep going. We got the, uh, let's see, what did I say? The, do we do the Lord's Prayer? Um, nope, we didn't. I did, didn't I? <laughs> I can't remember where I was at. Oh, no, I'm like, well, let's just do it anyway. If I forgot to do it the first time, we'll do it again, right? Amen. Lord's Prayer, of course. Now, again, let's go back over this just in case I forgot that we already did it. I'll have to look at the feedback here and see if I did. Now, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is, is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine church is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. And now I don't now I don't remember. I don't think I did that. But anyway, if I did, there you go. <laughs> Man, I got so much notes to try to remember and share with you. I, I sometimes I lose my spot where I'm at. So anyway, let's keep going. Well, let's go ahead and pull up our, our armor, put on our armor, because I know I didn't give you that one yet, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Uh, friends, amen, right? Uh, when you get it, give me a big amen, friends, because we need to put some armor on, right? Amen. All right. Uh, <laughs> Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, uh, get our armor on. Now, finally, my brethren and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod of the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. All right, First Peter 5, 5, for your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which we know is the Word of God, our Bible. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly, as I ought to speak. Amen. All right. Well, there you go on that. That's a good opening. Appreciate you guys on all the channels. You guys know who you are and you know where you're at. I do appreciate you so much. 
Uh, check out the links in the descriptions here. We've got some surprises stuff going on there. So uh, check that out if you get a chance to. All right. So, yeah, the apocryphal uh, book. So I'm excited. We're going to start that. It's going to be part one here on that. But uh, literally, um, <laughs> part six. Awesome stuff here, friends. The apocryphal books and then like i said we are going to go into the maccabees in book one of course so if you're taking notes on that that's uh we're still in book one and we're looking at chapter seven and eight pretty in depth there's a lot of stuff to read on there and a lot of kind of you know try to balance <laughs> balance through it and get through it there but uh it is uh quite a bit so Amen. And I think we'll take a look at Revelation chapter 12 and 13. That that scripture, those particular scriptures came at me like I just saw uh, that so much. Uh, and I've heard other pastors talking about that. So I wanted to bring that up. We'll recap that uh, those two chapters in Revelation 12 and 13. And then uh, we're going to go through uh, recognize that you are a new creation uh, and that's going to be over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I got a few extra uh, scriptures, church, to go ahead and share with you as well. So I hope you have your your Bibles and all your, your notebooks, uh, friends. Uh, pretty, pretty good, um, as I always say, an awesome church service, friends. All right, so I guess I can go ahead and clip that up there. Uh, amen. All right, so we are in the apocryphal books, uh, our first part, and let's see if I can read uh, here, friends. So, all right, so the term apocrypha is used to design a collection of ancient Jewish writings, which are written uh, between about 250 B.C., in the early Christian centuries, now the apocryphal books have come to be regarded as inspired uh, scripture in the theology of the Roman Catholic Church. But the historic Protestants and Jewish viewpoint strives no or ascribes no real inspiration to them. All right, let's keep going. Now, first one here, friends, the first one we're going to look at. And this is going to be in your notes here. Why Protestants reject them? This is the very first one we're going to look at here in the Apocryphal book. So while Protestants study the Apocrypha for the light, it throws on the life and thought of pre-Christian Judaism. They reject it as inspired scripture for the following reasons. Number one. The apocryphal books were not part of the Old Testament of Jesus and the early church. The threefold division of the Old Testament, the law, the prophets, and the writings, a little bit of theology going on here, um, uh, still used a he, uh, in Hebrew Bibles and Jewish um, versions of the Old Testament. It does not include the apocryphal books and never did. While the apocrypha was known 
to Jesus and his disciples, they never quote from it as authoritative scripture. And you guys can look this up and research this as well. All right, number two, ancient Jewish writers who used the Greek Bible, notably Philo and Josephus, were acquainted with the Apocrypha, but never quote, uh, quoted as a scripture. The Apocryphal book of Second Esdras, uh, which is in the Torah, by the way, there are some books that are missing out of the King James, and if you research it and go into the Torah or the Orthodox Study Bible, those books are in there. I did my research and I did my homework on this, so check it out, my friends. So, we're talking about a, a second Estras. Now, it mentions 24 books corresponding to the Hebrew Bible uh, as it is known today. And 70 other writings which are esoteric in nature. Second Estras 1444 through 48. It is significant that the apocryphal book shows an acquaintance with the acknowledgement or acknowledged uh, Old Testament. Give me a second here. Amen. <laughs> I knocked out my my headset there. All right. Uh, so we're talking about Second Estras, fourteen forty four forty eight. Now it is significant that this apocryphal book shows an acquaintance with the acknowledged Old Testament canon as known in the synagogue and in the Protestant churches. Number three. Now, church fathers who were familiar with the Hebrew canon clearly distinguished between canonical and apocryphal uh, writings. Now, the writings of Melito of Sardis, Cyril, or Cyril, Cyril of uh, Jerusalem, and St. Jerome shown a recognition of the difference between inspired scripture and Apocrypha. Number four, the Apocryphal books were never declined or declared to be authoritative scripture with the Council of Trent, A.D. 1546. Now, at that time, the following uh, apocryphal books were declared canonical. Tobit, Judith, the Wisdom of Solomon, Ecclesiastica, what? Ecclesiasticus, Baruch, familiar with that too. Uh, now, including, uh, or including the letter of Jeremiah. And the second Maccabees. Now the additions of uh, to Esther, and the additional or additions to Daniel, viz. Susanna, the song of the three young men, and Bell and the dragon. Again, those are in the Torah, and I've studied and read uh, that from page to page, and uh, they're very interesting uh, scriptures, friends. Very interesting books. So. Check it out. All right. Uh, many Roman Catholic scholars distinguish between 
protocanical books, i.e. our Old Testament as we have, and the Deuter... <laughs> Let me see if I can read this one and pronounce it. It's a tough one here. The Deuterocanonical books, i.e. the Apocrypha. All right. uh, number five. Most readers feel that the apocryphal books represent a, a lower level of writing than that of the canonical scriptures. And where did they go? Oh, yeah, there it is. I found it. <laughs> Let's check it out. Now, they contain numerous historical and geographical inaccuracies and uh, anachronisms and do not breathe the prophetic spirit so evident in canonical writings. All right. The Westminster Confession, uh, 1643, uh, it states that the books commonly called Apocrypha, not being of divine inspiration, are no part of the canon of Scripture and therefore have no authority in the church of God, or uh, to be any otherwise approved or made use of than other human writing. Now, the Reformed churches have not encouraged the use of the Apocrypha, and as a consequence, or as a consequence, it is seldom used. Now, i got to back this up because I can't read this. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. Now, the Reformed churches have not encouraged the use of the Apocrypha, and uh, as a consequence, it is, a, it is seldom used in contemporary Protestantism. Now, the Angelica, uh, Angelican Church in it, let's see, in its 39 articles takes a mediating position holding that the church doth read the apocryphal books for example of life and instruction of manners but yet doth it uh, doth it not supply uh, them to confess any doctrine in addition to the books commonly called apocrypha there is a widely or a wide variety of other ancient literature both Jewish and Christian, to which the name pseudo-pigrapha uh, is often applied. Uh, Apocrypha, pseudo-pigrapha, sectarian literature from the Qumran caves, and a whole variety of other ancient writings provide helpful uh, helpful material for understanding the world of the New Testament and early church. And while not on a par with inspired scripture, such writings merit close examination. All right, let's go into the next one here. This is going to be number two or B, if you will. The books commonly termed 
Apocrypha are one estrus or first estrus, Vulgate three estras or estras. Now, the first book of Estras relates a series of episodes from Old Testament history, beginning with the Passover celebrated in Jerusalem uh, by Josiah. And that is going to be over Ian, as it says, 621 B.C. I know, this, <laughs> this microphone, I, I'm just like, you know, I, I don't know what to do with it. It just doesn't want to, it doesn't want to ever, like, stay where I ask it, you know, want it to stay. Um, Ian, let's see. I know, I, I, I wrestle with this every podcast. I can't get it to straighten out. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Let me scoot up. And uh, I don't know what I feel like I'm sinking. All right, let's continue. So we're looking at 621 BC here, friends. Now, an ending, or an ending with a public reading of the law by Ezra. That's going to be over in 444 BC. It reproduces the substance of 2 Chronicles 53, 1, 36, 23, and the whole of Ezra, and Nehemiah 7, 73, and 8, 12. In addition to the biblical narrative appears in 1 Estras 3, 1, 5, 6, and the tale of the three guardsmen, Three young men who were acting as bodyguards to King Darius were keeping themselves awake by debating what was the strongest force in the world. And one said, wine. All right. Uh, there it is. All right. So, now, because of its peculiar power over men, another suggested the king with unlimited power over his subjects and the third, Zerubbabel, right? Now we've heard of that, uh, that name there. So Zerubbabel affirmed that women who gives birth uh, to man is strongest, but truth is victor over all, uh, over all things. The king was asked to describe the winner, favored Zerubbabel's answer, and offered him any reward he might choose. Now, Zerubbabel added permission or asked permission to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, right? Which comes into play here. So, he asked permission to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. Now, the section ends with a description of the Jews departing from Babylon and route to Jerusalem. Now, most scholars suggest First Esdras was composed in Egypt sometime after 150 BC. Very interesting. Now, Second Esdras, Vulgate Four Esdras, the core of Esther, Second Esdras, uh, chapters three through fourteen, purports. Uh, to describe seven apocalyptic revelations granted to Ezra in Babylon. 
and they are concerned with the problem of Israel suffering and attempt to justify the ways of God to man. Now another was evidently a Jew who had looked forward to the advent of Israel's Messiah and the period of blessedness which he would bring. Now the introduction, chapters 1 and 2, and the conclusions, uh, chapter 15 and 16, or the conclusion uh, of, uh, what is it, uh, 15 and 16. It contain uh, additions written from a Christian viewpoint. And the core was probably written in Aramaic toward the end of the first century AD, about the middle of the second century. And introduction was added in Greek. And a century later, uh, they concluded chapters were written. Oriental versions of many of the best Latin manuscripts contained only uh, only the core of the book. And we'll have to find out. Let's see where they go here. So, Esther. All right. Got a little bit more to cover here. So, amen. Let's keep going. Now, as it looks at Tobit, Tobit, a book of religious fiction, probably written in Aramaic uh, during the 2nd century B.C., and that tells the story here uh, of a pious Jew of the tribe of Natali in Galilee, who, with his wife Anna and her son Tobias, was taken uh, to Nineveh. Again, watch that, friends. They were taken to Nineveh by uh, Shalmaneser, 721 B.C., 2 Kings, 18.9.12. Now, in the land of exile, they were scrupulously obeyed. The, or, oh, they, let's see, let's backtrack just a little bit. Uh, in the land of exile... They scrupulously obeyed the Jewish law. Mm. When Tobit lost his eyesight, he sent his son to uh, Regis in Medea, Medea to obtain payment of a debt. An angel led uh, him on to Ekbatana, or Ekbatana, where he fell in love with a beautiful widow whose seven husbands had successfully been killed uh, or successively been killed on their marriage day by an evil spirit. Now, Tobias married the virgin widow and escaped death by burning the inner part of a fish, uh, the smoke of which the evil spirit to fight as an added blessing the gall of the fish was used to cure the blindness of the aged Tobit and Judith. Another one here, another uh, message there, Judith. The story of Judith was probably written in Hebrew by a Palestinian Jew during the years following the Maccabean revolts, as we uh, already talked about there. Uh, now it tells how Judith, Judas, or Jewish widow, 
delivered the people from, or her people, from the Assyrian commander, Halifornus, who was laying siege to Bethulia. Now, risking great personal danger, Judith made her way to the tent of Halifornus, where the, uh, she beguiled the Assyrian with her charms, getting him into a drunken stupor. Uh, Judith took the sword of the Hol of Holophanes and cut off his head and brought it back to Bethulia as evidence that God had given his people victory over the Assyrians. Now, Judith may be compared with biblical Jael, who killed the Canaanite generally Sisera, or General Sisera, which is over in Judges chapter 4, and that's going to be 17, verse 17 through 22. Now, uh, I kind of lost track of the numbers here, but we're going to look at this anyway. Uh, the addition... Um, let's see, that's not working. Now, the additions to the book of Esther. And again, wrestling with my microphone. And a Bible study broke out. <laughs> right? All right, the additions to the book of Esther. During the second, on the first century BC, uh, Egyptian, uh, Egyptian, uh, let's see, Egyptian Jew translated the canonical book of Esther into Greek and at the same time in, uh, interpolated a total of 107 verses into six places where he felt that the religious note should be added. These pious insertions mention the name of God and prayer. Right, there you go. Uh, neither of which uh, appeared in the canonical Esther. Now the apocryphal additions, uh, <laughs> man, this is tough reading here, uh, in uh, 10 verses of Esther 10 and six additional chapters um, uh, let's see, numbered, I believe, it says numbered there, uh, numbered 11 to 16, the Greek Septuagint, or Septuagint, however, the supplementary verses or verse uh, verses are distributed through uh, the ten. So, uh, man, that's that corner right there in the corner in this. Uh, the ten, so as to make one continuous narration. Let's see. Now, do I want to stretch that out and go to the next one? All right, I'm going to give you one more, and then we're going to go ahead and jump into the Maccabees here, friends. And, uh, let me see. And four, let's see. All right, um, let's see, that's going to be five. And that is the Wisdom of Solomon. All right, bear with me here, friends. 
trying to make sure I get this. It's over there. All right. So, and we're about to close out our other channels, but we're going to keep going. We got the camera finally 